It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's up, Dolphins fans? And welcome once again to Club Dub. Six wins in a row for your Miami Dolphins. We're talking about the Dolphins' 31-24 victory over the New York Jets to push this Dolphins team to 7-7 seven and seven and keep them in the hunt in the 2021 playoff picture. Let's get after it. Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's go. Dolphins 31-24 victors in week 15 of the 2021 NFL regular season. I'm your host here on Locked On Dolphins, Kyle Krabs, for another episode of Victory Monday on the podcast. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Dolphins listen of the day. And I cannot wait to dig our teeth into a game that showed a lot of character down the stretch from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I know one of the big questions that a lot of Dolphins fans had ahead of this game and coming out of the victory against the Giants was, man, is this bye coming at the right time with the way this team is playing? And I think you looked at how the first quarter went for the Miami Dolphins, and it's pretty safe to say, no, it did not. (laughs) You obviously were hoping that you were going to get guys healthy coming out of the bye. You did get Brandon Jones back. Uh, But COVID protocols, ping Jalen Waddle, he's out. Javon Holland was activated on Saturday, non-football illness, apparently not COVID-related, was inactive on Sunday against the Jets. So your rookie playmaker on each side of the ball didn't have him. So for all of that waiting that you had to play your next football game to get healthy, you were missing more impact players than you were when you left and when you, you went out on the bye. And the first quarter of this football game was about the absolute worst-case scenario that you possibly could have drawn up for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, The Dolphins get the ball. They do not have any success moving the ball. I believe they had seven yards on their first possession of the game. Then the Jets go 10 plays, 83 yards, go down, score touchdown. Dolphins get the ball back to Itanga Valoa, misses Devante Parker high in an intermediate area of the field, interception. Jets kick a field goal. Thank goodness they buckled down. You know, Miami, I will say this about their scoring possessions. They did a really nice job of possessing the football. Uh, They won the time of possession in this contest, but that's really only one of the few things that the Dolphins did win. The Dolphins had 34 minutes and 22 seconds of time of possession against the Jets in Week 15. That was, of course, relative to 25 minutes and 38 seconds for the Jets. Dolphins were the more penalized team. 5 for 45 versus 3 for 32. The Dolphins had two extra turnovers. They had three turnovers in this football uh, contest, including an ugly pick six from Tua Tagovailoa with the team up 24-17 midway through the fourth quarter. More on that in a bit. But 
there are some takeaways that you can feel really, really good about. Six sacks of Zach Wilson, and you probably should have had another five, if we're being honest. Um, you got hot on third downs, and you were two or three on fourth down. We had an unprepared fake called on fourth and one near midfield, trying to ice the game. Missed execution. And that was really, in my opinion, the story of this game for Miami for the early portion of it and then intermittently throughout the rest of the game. Missed execution, missed opportunities. I don't I think this team came out rusty. You know, obviously, when Miles Gaskin and Savan Ahmed aren't practicing all week and you get a new back in there, the mesh point is gonna be something that doesn't have the same chemistry to it, right? But the first possession, two has got to dive on a ball because the ball gets muffed or fumbled or whatever you want to phrase it and kills a drive. Okay, you've got some chunk gains where you got penalties called against you to bring back big gains, and that includes setting up that pick six for Tua Tagovailoa because you had a huge run on that play thanks to Duke Johnson. And I want to talk about Duke Johnson more in a little bit, too, because I already had an interesting question from somebody on Twitter that I wanted to address here on the show. This was an ugly win. But when it's all said and done, an ugly win that included you coming back from 10 to nothing and 17 to 7 deficits. Fourth quarter comeback, game winning drive by your young quarterback. You had 183 yards rushing in this contest. On 42 attempts, I'll take that all day long, even if that is ugly. You scored 31 points, and you didn't get the benefit like the Jets did of having a couple of your scores set up on a silver platter. The Jets earned it with their first possession, right? Where they went down 10 plays, 83 yards, six minutes and change, touchdown. Their remaining possessions. Six for 16, field goal after the interception. Okay, that's fine. Three for one. Eight for 75, touchdown. Yep, they earned that one. But the rest of the way, six for 20, three for three, six for four, three for 37 and a turnover, three for negative 12, three for three, four for nine. And you kind of got, once Miami tied it quickly into the third quarter, you kind of had the sense of, okay, they've got the more sustainable model, in my opinion. You know, the, the, the Jets had a short field. They did have two successful drives uh, in the first half that, that went long distances for scores. Uh, but that even included them breaking out every desperation play in the book. And Brian Flores said that after the game. The Jets threw the kitchen sink at us. They sure did. And kudos for Miami for buckling down. I know I had a pit in my stomach about five minutes left in the first quarter. Man, are we re- we're really going to do this, huh? We're going to make some of those same mistakes that we did last year where you get hot, you're, you're having success, and you drop a game you have no business dropping, and it really is a backbreaker for your season. Not so fast. Seven and seven. 
five and three at home. We got one more home game. And of course, we have the next two on the road, Monday night in New Orleans. And then we have uh, in Tennessee the following week in week 17. I want to talk about some individual player performances out of this game uh, and some observations that they have provided, uh, but not before talk to you about our friends over at Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost no- Mobile for the power of saving money. Get three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line and a free 5G phone when you switch so you can get the latest episodes all on one of America's fastest and largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere and for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The question I got on Twitter was an interesting one, and it it pertained to uh, the presence of Duke Johnson and what his performance against the Jets said about uh, the talent in the Miami Dolphins running back room. It comes from Jeremy. Jeremy said, does Duke doing what he did today speak volumes about the lack of talent in the running back room to you? It looked like it to me. And I think this goes both ways. I think it is worth mentioning and acknowledging that Duke Johnson had a phenomenal football game. And I think Miami would be foolish to make sure to not make sure he doesn't have a spot on the active roster. But the other side of the coin here is that Duke Johnson's performance kind of proves the point of the ideology that this regime has been trying to implement with the running back position in not investing in them high because Philip Lindsay looked good off the waiver wire before he injured his ankle. And Duke Johnson had a lot of rushing success in this contest against the Jets and he was available to be on the practice squad. And the ideology is you can find productive backs anywhere if you find the right guys to go in and complement what you have. So I think the bigger problem and the bigger picture issue for Miami is the guys that they do have on the active roster, Miles Gaskin, Savan Ahmed, are those the right guys? Now, if you want to go out and get yourself a unicorn-type player, and that's what a lot of these guys that are going in the top 50 picks are, then yes, that's going to make life a lot easier. You're not going to have to worry about that. But I think the credit for the rushing performance for the Dolphins in this contest deserves just as much as anybody else to go to the offensive line. I thought Michael Dieter played a really good game. I thought Robert Hunt played a good game. Um, 42 rushes and almost, it's really reminiscent of last year's contest when the Dolphins didn't have Devontae Parker against the Patriots, and I don't think they had Gusecki either, and they ran for like 200 yards against the Pats. 
this was got a kind of a come alive game in the run game. And it came via an unsung hero in Duke Johnson, 22 carries for 107 yards and two touchdowns. Miles Gaskin, 10 for 54 with a long of 30. And then, of course, you had Tua laying the boomstick on the Jets, running dudes over in the open field. Yikes. You hate to see it. But, yeah, I, I could not have been happier with the effort in the running game. You knew you were going to have to get picked up without having Jalen Waddell, and everybody did that. I think we do have to acknowledge Tua Tagovailoa's performance in this contest. The first quarter was brutal, not good at all. Um, the fourth quarter interception and the attempt to Hunter Long, brutal. Can't have it. Uh, do I think Hunter Long maybe could have helped him out a little bit and come back towards the football? Sure, I do. Um, but the two turnovers specifically were throws in which I thought they showcased some of the physical hardships that two is going to have to continue to learn how to navigate throughout the course of his career. Uh, the first interception, feet weren't set, ball misses high. You can't do that over the middle. Because what happens is what actually happened, throw an interception. The second one was uh, a throw that was uh, probably a little late, just a tick late. And Tua really doesn't have the luxury of being able to get away with doing that, being a tick late. Because you don't have a cannon arm. You have a sufficient level arm strength. But you don't have a cannon. You don't have the ability... To hold, 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 hold. Okay, I'm going to put it low and away, and I'm just going to hammer it in there, and it's going to get home. Not that that ball was low and away. It was high and arguably inside. So those two plays in particular, really frustrating. Uh, there were a couple of other turnover-worthy plays throughout the course of the game. Uh, I did not think Miami's receivers did a particularly good job in creating separation. Take that if you would like as a great testament to the value that Jalen Waddell brings to the receiving core in general with the attention that he commands, the spacing issues that he creates, and how teams are electing to defend him or defend the Dolphins when he's not in the game. thought Devontae Parker did a fair job of showing up four for 68, long of 37. But here's... Here's the part of Tua's game against the Jets that I actually did like and I thought was as good of a performance as we've seen it from him all season long, really. And it was the throws down the field that he attempted and completed, the one to Devontae Parker, the one to Isaiah Ford. Those kinds of throws, you got to take those. You got to hit those. You got to be willing to take them when they are there. And you saw that from Tua in this contest against the Jets. Uh, and I was really encouraged by both of those throws, specifically just as much as anything else. As discouraging as the true turnovers were, and a couple of the other tight window throws that were very high risk, the fact that he put the ball on the money down the field, 37 yards to Devontae Parker or 30-something yards and then a couple yards after contact. And he put the fade 
to Isaiah Ford on the money on a third down throw, that's good stuff. That's the kind of stuff that if you can continue to sprinkle in that accuracy outside the numbers or on the numbers or outside the numbers, beyond 20 yards downfield, you're going to loosen up and create a lot more of respect for what you are capable of doing as a passer. And once you create that and command that level of respect, what then comes is so much of the spacing issues that are really going to allow your athletes to shine. But you have to force defenses to respect that dynamic of your game, and that's been something that has been a work in progress for Miami because the offensive line has really not been conducive of allowing that to happen. I do think the offensive line played a reasonably good football game from a pass protection standpoint. I think the tight ends and the backs were much better. Two was sacked once, didn't lose any yards on the play. And you take that contrast, you want to talk about hidden yardage versus six sacks for 44 yards lost for Zach Wilson. That can be a big swing in the game. So, in all, Tua, I don't think anybody's going to sit here and pound the table and say, you know, this was one of his best contests of the season or the best contests of his career in Miami. It's frustrating at times. But I also do look at the fact that the response to the pick six was a nine-play, 75-yard touchdown drive to put Miami back up top. And it wasn't as though Miami simply didn't throw the ball. They took opportunities to throw the ball. They had to score on third and nine from the 11 with the slant from Tua to Devontae Parker. Of course, the, the, the big kick starter was the 30-yard run from Miles Gaskin. And it got boosted uh, by Miami nickel and diming their way with some runs from Duke Johnson to, to complement that. But these, these possessions for Miami, are, I don't think, are something we should turn our nose up to. They played Rusty, their, their first three possessions, three for seven, one for zero, and three for zero. Their first three possessions, they had less than three minutes' time of possession. Eight for 68, four yards, or four, four minutes, touchdown. 14 for 69, seven minutes and 30 seconds' time of possession. You got down to the six, fourth and goal. Field goal. End of half. You took a knee. You come out of the half. You go eight for 78 in a touchdown in three and a half minutes. You force a punt. 12 for 58, six minutes and 35 seconds. Touchdown. Then you have the fake uh, field goal or fake punt with the missed time snap. I think it's probably the best way to, to phrase it where Fejdalem uh, was not ready for the snap. You get the ball back, you throw the pick six, and then you go nine for 75 in four minutes. That's a really nice script of maintaining possession of the football. Now, you would like to see some more home runs hit, but at the same time, these are eight for 78 in three and a half minutes, nine for 75 in four minutes. 
This is not 10-minute possessions left and right. You got some chunk gains here. And that was one of the sticking points from last year. Incremental progresses and, and victories as you can find them. I'll take them, especially if they lead to, to 31 points and a win at home. I don't care who you're playing. Especially when you play as bad as you played in the first 12, 15 minutes of the football game. And that's what the Dolphins did. They played bad in the first 15 minutes of this football game. You know what's not bad? Our friends over at Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. They're high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar, low in fat, low in net carbs. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. With so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, yes, peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you the extra fuel you need to bust down mall doors and battle holiday shoppers or to keep the, the energy levels high when you are standing in long shopping lines. Tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings. With so many flavors, they'll make anyone's Christmas a happy one. You can go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is built.com, promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. BetOnline has you covered for all of the remaining football games yet to be played with more props, odds, and lines than ever before in the march to the playoffs. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. Basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage with all the amazing available offers for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and it is where the game starts. Defensively, the Dolphins in this contest. I want to give a shout-out to Jerome Baker. Two sacks. Brandon Jones, welcome back. Got himself a sack. Andrew Van Ginkle played with a lot of range, really chasing down a mobile quarterback in uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Sealer, sack. Couple of really, really nice plays, both in the run game, instinctively reacting and flashing to what was it, a throwback? I guess you would technically is the classical classic designation of the play down in the red zone to help force the field goal in the Jets' second possession after the touchdown. Emmanuel Agba recovering a strip of, of Zach Wilson on a sack play. Swarming effort, and you did all that without potentially your second best player in Javon Holland. There's plenty to like. Outscoring the Jets 21 to, to 7 in the second half when their seven came from a mistake of your own and was a defensive score. I like that. Outscoring the Jets by a score of 31. To 14 from the second quarter on. I like that. I like the effort running the football. I like the effort of some of the performances up front. I like the mental dexterity that was required to hang tough after going down 17 to 7 with two long sustained drives against your highly vaunted defense. 
would have been very easy to fold up shop. They didn't. I hope they remembered some of the lessons and, and hardships of last year along the way. And you put so much work in to put yourself in a position to potentially do something really special. And you let it slip through your fingers. You let your foot off the gas. I think about the, um, the video of Kobe Bryant, the NBA Finals, and they were up 2-0 in the finals. And he was asked at the press conference after the game, are you happy? And he said, what's there to be happy about? The job's not finished. And that's how I think these Dolphins should feel. We as fans on the outside looking in, you get a little different perspective. You're allowed to enjoy the victories a little more because you don't bring, your mentality doesn't bring the work throughout the week that's required to secure a win on game day. For the players, it's different. You've won six in a row. You have three left to play. And if you want to make the postseason, you better be ready to go out in prime time and kick somebody else's ass. Like you did the last time you were on prime time when your defense got after the Saint or the, the Baltimore Ravens big time. Speaking of the Baltimore Ravens, this is um this is the fun part about where we are at in the season right now. Ravens were a team that they, they lost going for two against the Green Bay Packers in the final four minutes, or 40 seconds, excuse me, of the game in week 15. Why? I don't know. They had a lot of momentum on their side. They were the home team. The Packers didn't have a lot of time. I probably would have kicked the extra point and gone to overtime. They chose not to do that. But what you have now, the Titans lost to the Steelers this week. The Patriots lost to the Colts this week. The Ravens lost this week. The Broncos lost to the Bengals this week. If we get through the rest of this week and and today being Monday, the Browns lose to the Raiders, you're going to have an opportunity to see this conference standing situation really shift because next week Miami's still 11th in the seeding right now. The Bills as the seventh seed as things currently stand are eight and six. Here's next week's schedule. The eight and six Ravens play on the road against the eight and six Cincinnati Bengals. So somebody's going eight and seven. The 8-6 and six Buffalo Bills are playing at the 9-5 and five New England Patriots. Somebody in the AFC East, above the Dolphins, is losing a game. The 7-6-1 Pittsburgh Steelers are playing at the Kansas City Chiefs. You would assume Pittsburgh is falling back to 500 next week. The 7-7 seven and seven Broncos are visiting the either 6-7 and seven or, or excuse me, either seven and seven or six and eight Las Vegas Raiders next week. Somebody's going below 500 at best or at worst. The Titans, short week, Thursday night football. They're hosting the eight and six San Francisco 49ers. No layup, unfortunately, for Dolphins fans who are hoping to watch San Francisco crumble. 
the Cleveland Browns, who are going to at worst be 7-7 seven and seven and tied with the Dolphins on Saturday, when they play all Monday, on Saturday, are going to Green Bay to play the Packers. The Colts, on Saturday, are going to Arizona to play the 10-4 and four Cardinals, who just got their asses kicked by the Detroit Lions. You don't think they're going to be a little ticked off and ready to play some football? That's all the teams in front of you. That's all the teams in front of you. They're all playing somebody significant. So if you can do your business, let's just, let's just say that for argument's sake, the Raiders beat the Browns because the Browns are all tied up in COVID right now, right? Let's say that happens. Then next week, let's say the Dolphins win, take care of their own business just next week. And let's say the Bengals beat the Ravens. Let's say the Chiefs beat the Steelers. Do we want to say the uh, Raiders beat the Broncos? We can do that if you'd like. No, you know what? Let's say the Broncos win. Let's just say the Broncos win. A very realistic outcome. Let's say the Bills beat the Patriots. Let's say the Cardinals beat the Colts. Let's say the Packers beat the Browns, let's say the 49ers happen to upset the Tennessee Titans. Those things happen. Miami is eighth, a.k.a. the first team out of the playoffs at eight and seven. And they are tied with the Colts. I would imagine the Chargers are going to beat the Texans. I don't really care who wins between the Jaguars and the Jets. But that would leave you with two to go. And you're eight and seven. You're the eighth seed. You're, you're literally tied for the last spot with the Colts. Now, the Colts schedule is softer than yours. But it should not be overlooked that the Dolphins are playing the 9-6, and six, what in this hypothetical would be the 9-6 and six Tennessee Titans the following week. So what's to say if the, the Colts don't go out and beat the Raiders and the Dolphins don't beat the Titans, that the Dolphins don't pass the Titans in the standings? It's going to be really, really interesting down the stretch. A lot of fun scenarios to see play out. I'm just kind of exploring it all here laid out in front of me as we wrap up today's show. I want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It is Victory Monday here on the podcast. So rejoice. Enjoy it. We got it. We, we, we have dreamed about playing significant December football, and we're here. We are here. The Dolphins are going to be playing the day after Christmas or two days after Christmas, whatever it is. And they're going to be playing a very, very, very important football game in the AFC playoff picture when they were 1-7. and seven. Enjoy it. I know I'm going to. And I know everybody else on the USS Dolphins Make the Playoffs is going to enjoy it too. If you haven't gotten on, kindly consider. It's fun this time of year. And we don't know how long the ride is going to go for, but I sure as hell am going to enjoy it while we can. Because with the way that this season was at the midway point, it looked like we were in for a miserable rest of the year and a miserable offseason in trying to figure out where the hell this team was going to go. Not a problem we have to worry about right now. Let's hope it stays that way. 
Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening to Locked on Dolphins. Make it a good one. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. We'll talk with you guys again tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.